say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. We are actuaries. In a world filled with unpredictability, we use our math skills to navigate uncertainty. Actuaries make a difference in people's lives across industries and the world. Actuaries have the freedom to work anywhere. And according to U.S. News & World Report, we're the 25th top-paying career. Make an impact as a fact-seeker and a truth-teller. Use your math skills for good as an actuary. The world needs you. Welcome back to another edition of the 49ers Brawl podcast. I am your host, JVB. You can follow me on Twitter at JVBFootball and joining me as always, sharing the carries in the 49ers Brawl backfield is JD. You can follow him on Twitter at HawkHaterTV. Wow, here we go. Review podcast, and I think it's going to be a little bit more upbeat than the last one. The Niners beating the Los Angeles Rams 24-16. to JD, how you doing? This feels a lot nicer than last week's uh, review podcast. It's been a while since we've had a victory Monday, man. It it, it does feel good. Uh, definitely a different kind of energy coming into this pod. Uh, feels good, man. Niners are back on track. They got back to 49er football in that game against the Rams, and uh, I'm ready to talk about it, man. Hell yeah. I mean, it's this kind of reminded me a lot more uh, of last year's 49ers, you know, getting ahead early, being able to then establish kind of their game plan. Um, we're going to get into it, but just to run you, run you through the game, the Niners uh, started off first drive and, you know, they just marched down the field. Uh, Debo Samuel taking a little pop-up pass from Jimmy G into the end zone. And then onto the uh, into the second quarter, the Niners up seven to nothing. And uh, the Niners go for it on a, on a fourth and two. And a 44-yard pass to George Kittle gets the Niners in the end zone again to go up by two scores. The Rams then connect on a, I, I was impressed, a really nice catch from Robert Woods to, to get one back. But the uh, extra point blocked to make it 14-6. Uh, and then the Niners able to get one more before the half with Brandon Ayuk uh, scoring to make it 21-6. to Then they traded a couple field goals and Josh Reynolds was able to catch a big pass in the fourth from Jared Goff to make it a one-score game. But in the end, the Niners able to to run out the clock and get the victory. Let's start off uh, start off really early on and, and you know, just what, what went right compared to last week in this game, J.D.? The Niners were able to dictate the game. They were able to dictate the tempo and, you know, dictate the terms of this game with their physicality running the football, uh, whether it was, you know, Jarek McKinnon early or Jermichael Hasty late. Debo Samuel on end arounds and whatnot. The Niners got back to 49er football being really physical in the run game. And when you do that, you open up other things, which we saw throughout that game. You know, they were able to run the football and it, it opened up some play action stuff. It opened up some slants, things over the middle, um, you know, sucking up the, the defense, making them come up closer to the line of scrimmage. And uh, Jimmy was able to start slinging it, you know, around those linebackers and making plays. 
And so, yeah, the Niners got back to 49er football in that game, and, and that's what really stood out to me. Um, it was unfortunate that Raheem Mostert, you know, left the game due to injury. Uh, you know, he was running his ass off. He was running very, very hard. Mm, uh, but the, the biggest thing, like I said, Niners got back to 49er football on this one. Yeah, this might be one of my favorite uh, games Carl Shanahan has, has called um, on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, everything we said last week we wanted the Niners to kind of settle in and, and do was exactly what happened. We talked about how last season Shanahan mentioned that early on in the season, you know, he gave Jimmy easy throws, run game, and the defense was able to help him out to really settle him into the season. And we said, this has to be that game. That's what we need to be able to do for Jimmy to get him settled in. And this is exactly what happened. I mean, that first drive, everything was completed. It was a screen. It was check downs. It was one read throws. There was It was settling him into the game um, and settling him into the, hopefully into the season. But as you say, Raheem Mostert ran the ball really, really well. They got creative in how they got it to Ayuk and to Debo. And the other thing for me is was the offensive line, right? No sacks in the game, which obviously on... The defensive side of the ball is not not a plus, but on the offensive side of the ball, just given the offensive line uh, worries they've had, that was a huge win for me. And I think using a lot of screens helped that, right? Because as a defensive lineman, screens are your worst nightmare if you want to just pin your ears back and rush up to the QB. And I think it really slowed down um, the defensive line. And I think we'll get to it when we talk about who bounced back. But that for me was a huge, huge, huge win. Yeah, and, and you know, like you were saying with those quick throws, not only were you able to get Jimmy Garoppolo some momentum, some rhythm, some confidence, but you were also playing into what you should be doing in that game, going up against the likes of uh, the Rams' defensive line and Aaron Donald there. So it was it was a double edged sword of of positive play calling there. You were able to, like you know, like I was saying, get Jimmy going, and you were doing, you know what you should be doing in that situation. You want to get the ball out of Jimmy's hands quick. Aaron Donald's coming fast. And so they did. The play calling was so smart. Like you said, Kyle Shanahan's play calling in that game was excellent. And it just, it worked. And Kyle Shanahan seems to have Sean McVay's number as of late. So that was, that was good to see. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and I think the game flow really benefited the Niners because the thing we were worried about last week, right, was the Rams' ability to run the ball. And I think they did that very well. You know, Daryl Henderson was was able to carry the ball, but the Rams found themselves in a position where that just wasn't that beneficial to them. And I do think, in a sense, fair play to McVay. I thought he would do what he did last season, which they went behind last season. They just didn't run the ball at all. They threw the ball at a rate of like 78% or something ridiculous on plays where they were behind. And for a while, he stuck to the run game. So I was I was quite impressed that they that they did that, but ultimately I think the game just somewhat got away from them. But let's dive right into it. We were talking about players that needed to bounce back in this game. Who do you think had their bounce back game? I, I mean, you got to go with Jimmy Garoppolo. If you know, if I'm being honest, you got to yeah. go with Jimmy. He looked really uh, he looked good out there. Uh, you know, some people w- would say that. Kyle Shanahan doesn't trust Jimmy by those quick one-read throws and whatnot, but I think it was just smart on Kyle Shanahan's part just to get him in a rhythm and get him going. It did open up other things throughout the game. And so uh, you, you got to remember, Jimmy Garoppolo played you know one half of injured football last week, and aside from that, he hadn't played you know since uh, the week two. And so 
you got to get Jimmy kind of into a rhythm. I, I, people kind of just want to rush to judgment about Jimmy every single game, every single week. And he bounced back in a big way. He, he came up with some big throws in big moments. He had some throws that, uh, you know, yeah. didn't count either because of drops, whether it was from Kendrick Bourne or George Kittle yeah. uh, with some big costly drops at times in that game where Jimmy just put it on the numbers. Jimmy looked good. He did not look rattled. He was not worried about where Aaron Donald was coming from. And I was impressed with Jimmy Garoppolo. And and then not to mention, you know, all his throws. What about the run where he, yeah. ran, you know, scrambled for a few yards, lowered his shoulder? <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy looked good. And he, he looked like he wanted to send a message like, hey, I'm still here. And uh, he, he did that. Yeah, fair play to him. I think he definitely bounced back, as you said. Um, Carl did make it easy for him. But as, but as you say, it then opened up harder throws, deeper throws that he then still had to do and he still had to make. I think he did a very good job. He still did miss a couple of throws. I remember one that stuck in my mind had use check um, wide open and, as, and kind of missed the mark on that. But aside from that, I thought he played very, very well. Um, I'm going to go for uh, I'm going to go for Daniel Brunskill. I think the offensive line as a whole bounced back, as we kind of mentioned. But Brunskill was somebody who had to go up against Aaron Donald a lot. And a lot of the times he did have the help of um, of other linemen to double team, but that's still no easy feat. And this is somebody who I think really struggled in these first few games. I mean, the offensive line as a whole has struggled, but Bronskill was somebody that we campaigned for in the offseason to get that starting spot at, at right guard. And it almost felt like we'd made a mistake in campaigning for that because I think he'd struggled early on. But I mean, when you've been struggling and that offensive line as a whole has been struggling to then come up against the best defensive player in the league or probably um, and hold your own, hold that to no sacks. Um, the game plan helped that, but he still had to do his job. I, I think Brunskill, for me, um, had a huge game, as did the offensive line in the whole. Absolutely. I, I mean, the Niners have been playing against Aaron Donald for years, twice a year, and Aaron Donald usually you know, wreaks havoc and just wrecks shop when he plays against the 49ers and not this time, Daniel Brunskill did a hell of a job along with the rest of the offensive line. Like you said, uh, I would, I would dare to say that was probably the best performance I've ever seen a 49ers offensive line have mm-hmm. going up against uh, big old Aaron Donald over there. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. We were going to talk about where the Niners won on offense. I think we've kind of really covered the, uh, the passing game and how Kyle Shanahan was able to, to dissect the Rams. So what I would like to get from you, um, it's just some thoughts, really. You know, we talked about most that he left the game. He took one snap in the third quarter and then was straight out. But somebody who we did see get a lot of carries that we maybe weren't expecting to was Jermichael Hasty. And I just want to get your thoughts on his performance, kind of as he played late third most of the fourth quarter. You know, yeah, he came in late and really provided a spark that the team needed at the time. He's a small, shifty guy. But he is not afraid to put his nose in there and, you know, run hard, run north and south and, you know, pick up tough yards. So I was really impressed with Jermichael Hasty. He's a guy coming off the practice squad who has really, uh, in in my opinion, he's earned more playing time. I want to see more of Jermichael Hasty. He really impressed me last night when Raheem Mostert went out with that injury. I was overly concerned. I said, oh, man, how are they going to run the football now? Yeah. Uh, you know, Jarek McKinnon didn't look all that great in the game, and but Jermichael Hasty came in and really picked up some tough, you know, first downs and had some tough yards and, and tough running that the team really needed at that point in time. And so, yeah, Jermichael Hasty 
definitely a, a pleasant surprise last night. Yeah, absolutely. And I think what will be really interesting is, look, J- Jeff Wilson Jr. was inactive for this game. If what if and when Mostert is back and Coleman is healthy, could we see Hasty being the one that keeps on the active roster and perhaps Wilson being the one that's waived and maybe tried to get pushed to the practice squad? Yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. You've seen the Niners, you know, try and protect Hasty when he's been on that practice squad. They, they really like him and they don't want to see him get away. So uh, I would imagine they're going to try and keep him on the active roster. Uh, but we will we will see what happens because Jeff Wilson is also an effective player. The Niners just kind of have an embarrassment of riches at the running back position, you know, when all those guys are healthy and clicking. So um, they're going to have some tough decisions to make, and it's it's kind of a good thing. Yeah, they're certainly in a good spot, that's for sure. Let's flip the script and talk about the defense. Where do you think the Niners won on the defensive side of the ball? You know, we talked about it last week. It was one of my concerns in this game is the Niners' secondary going up against the likes of Robert Woods and Cooper Cup especially with the lack of a pass rush that the Niners have been uh, putting out there the last few weeks due to injuries and whatnot. But man, (laughs) let me tell you, Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett pretty much locked things down out there on their own with no pass rush. That was one of the the most unreal uh, performances I've seen from a a 49ers starting secondary cornerback duo in in some time. I, I can't remember the last time I've seen two, the Niners have two man cover corners out there, the likes of, of Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett together. It, it kind of blew my mind a little bit because they're, they weren't getting pressure on Goff and he was getting clean pockets. He was able to throw the ball downfield, but Jason Verrett and Emmanuel Mosley were like glue on those receivers, particularly Jason Verrett. He is balling out of his mind these last several weeks and uh, it's so, so refreshing just to see him healthy, see him happy, see him making plays. And uh, that interception that he had late in the game was honestly probably the biggest player of the entire ball game because mm-hmm. if the Rams score in that situation, it's a whole different contest going forward in that one. But Jason Verrett picked it off, ended that momentum, and got the Niners out of a tough spot there, and uh, it was huge. So big ups to Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett for one of the best uh, secondary performances I've seen from the 49ers in terms of just a man coverage perspective uh, in some time. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah, big big time. Absolutely. Yeah, they played really, really well. Verrett and Mosley played every snap. And the, and the other big thing about that pit in the end zone, I believe it was like fourth and goal from the two. So not only did the um, Niners get the ball, they'd have got the ball even if he broke it up. But it meant rather than them starting in their own end zone and potentially... Uh, you know, potentially being susceptible to a safety or the punter not having much much space if they couldn't get a, get a first down, it meant they got the ball with plenty of space as well. So that was that made it even bigger as a play. Um, what I want to talk about is, and this is another way where it felt like last season's Niners, was last season when Quan Alexander was out, 
what we saw was the Niners basically live out of a two-linebacker set. They never really had three linebackers on, on the field. Um, obviously, again, like much like last night, they were ahead in a lot of these games and living out of nickel was, was something they were able to do. Now, with no K1 Williams, that kind of maybe worried me a little bit as to whether they would try and do that, um, what that, you know, how that would look and how the Niners would be able to cope with that. But it's exactly what they did. Fred Warner and Greenlaw played every snap and they were in nickel 75% of the time with Jamar Taylor um, in as that nickel corner. And, and that was something they were able to do really effectively. And I was happy about that because, you know, there was a couple of plays last week where Jamar Taylor, you know, was, was slow to react and it, and it led to some big catches against the Dolphins. So I think that this was a really good bounce back for the, uh, for the Niners in that sense, in that they were able to live out of what they lived out of a lot last season. And obviously we know how that went. Now I want to talk about the impact players. We had our impact players going into this game. JD, remind me what yours was and then just a little bit on how you think they got on versus your expectations. You know, I went with kind of a, a, a hybrid answer there. I went with Kerry Hyder on the defensive line, but really it was just, for me, it was going to be whoever was lining up at defensive end and whoever was going to be responsible for keeping contain and pursuing Jared Goff on what I was thinking was going to be a lot of bootleg plays because that's how they killed the 49ers last year in week 16. Um, you know, and I think the Niners really, they, they did, uh, they did their job and they didn't do um, the Rams. That is, they didn't do as many bootlegs and rollouts and things as I had, would have expected them to. Uh, and even so the Niners just, they did their job. Jared Goff didn't kill them. Uh, they were able to keep him kind of contained despite not really having much of a pass rush, but when you're when you're more focused on keeping contain as opposed to just getting upfield and 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 you know making a play, getting a sack every single play, good things kind of happen because you you make a player stay in the pocket, you make him have to make throws, and you don't make things simple for him. You don't eliminate half the field uh, for a quarterback, you know, on those bootlegs and whatnot. If you're able to just keep him in the pocket and make him make all his reads. And so the 49ers defensive line did a really good job. And, and Robert Sala had a great game plan. Big ups to Robert Sala. You know, he's a guy that's, come, you know, come under fire with some criticism as of late. And uh, it was just a good performance by the 49ers defense overall, and particularly that defensive line. Yeah, big time. You know, Kerry Hyde is somebody we've spoken about numerous times the last few weeks, just in his... Um, in how, how much I think he's been impressive, really, in, in the absence of Nick Bosa. And I think that, you know, that, that defensive line continued to, to shine. Um, my impact player was Fred Warner. And I don't, I don't know about you, but it felt to me like he was everywhere last night. I mean, talk about sideline to sideline. He was great in the run game. But also, like, the Rams, you know, they tried to do a little bit of what Carl Shanahan does as well, you know, getting it to Robert Woods on end arounds and all that type of stuff. And every time... Warner's reads were just spot on and he was able to make Woods run basically 10 yards to gain like two. Uh, and I think him and Dre Greenlaw really combined for some great plays. But it felt to me, I'll get your thoughts, but it felt to me like Fred Warner was just everywhere last night. I mean, that's uh, that's what you come to expect from Fred Warner. He is in the upper echelon, top one, two or three, you know, middle linebackers in all of football and uh, I wouldn't expect anything less. He was definitely all over the field last night, along with Dre Greenlaw. Dre Greenlaw had a lot of sneaky, uh, you know, g 
drive ending tackles that were short of the sticks. And he made a lot of big plays in, in sneaky spots, but yeah, Fred Warner, uh, I mean, he's everywhere and it's nothing new. This is what Fred Warner does every single week. And dare I say, he's entering elite company, elite territory. He's Patrick Willis, Navarro Bowman level, you know, in terms of linebacking for the 49ers, he is right up there. And, uh, you know, I don't expect anything less when he steps on the field. He is just the, the best player on the defense, and it shows up each and every week. Yeah, big time, big time. As you say, first name on the depth chart and uh, captain of that defense for sure. Now, was there any players that disappointed you last night? It was obviously a great performance, but was there anybody that you didn't feel was up to scratch? Kendrick Bourne. He, uh, he had uh, some big drops in that game. Kendrick Bourne kind of doing what Kendrick Bourne does. He he either makes a really tough catch, he's really great in the red zone, or he's just kind of un, you know ineffective. And Kendrick Bourne had some big drops in that game, and I'm getting kind of tired of it, to be honest with you. It's it's you, you come to expect it. It's it's like a drinking game. I, I tweeted it out last night. I said, "Oh, Kendrick Bourne with a big drop and a big moment, drink." It, it's it you. You can play drinking games with Kendrick Bourne and his his dropsies, man. I, I don't know what it is. He's a talented player, but uh, a little overrated, in my opinion. And uh, you've you've heard, you know, earlier this season, Jerry Rice talking about players dancing on the sidelines when this team is losing. And you know who he was talking about? He's talking about Kendrick Bourne. So uh, he Kendrick Bourne is rubbing me the wrong way. Like, dude, you wanna you wanna dance? You wanna do all this stuff? You wanna make rap songs and all that? Catch the football, man. And he's not he you know he makes plays here and there, but he has some of the worst case of the drops that I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, he, he's got to be better. Yeah, hopefully that does improve going on. And, and to be fair, now that the Niners have all of their receivers back healthy, it'll be interesting to see how his playtime then um, suffers. Brandon Ayuk was actually the receiver on the field the most um, last night. So it'll be interesting to see if that continues. Someone for me that I thought was uh, I expected a little bit more out of, especially once most that went out. I think we kind of touched on it earlier. Was was Jarrett McKinnon? Um, he didn't. As I think you mentioned earlier, and you said he just kind of didn't look up to speed. And it's somebody who had had some had some really good uh, work whilst most it was out. Um, most that came back, and then once most it went back out again, I thought, okay, this is McKinnon time. Um, and I think that's exactly why Hasty got the work in the fourth quarter was because. He just looked like he had a bit more spark to him. Um, there was definitely that more um, breakaway ability if if he was able to go. Um, so I think for me, I'd like to see more out of McKinnon if if Moster is has to miss any time. Um, but I think Hasty could absolutely be the guy if if McKinnon continues to look as he did last night. Now we kind of covered the game. Um, I think it's. As we mentioned, I mean, we said this last week, or I said this last week, was the Niners were in a a bad spot, but there was almost no better way to have the next game than it to be a divisional game where they can win this game. Maybe that hope comes back because they're then just a couple of games back. They can start that tiebreaker against what will probably be a wildcard opponent in, in that kind of race for that wildcard spot. JD, I mean, simple question: Are the Niners still alive now? Yeah, I mean, they're they're not dead. You can say <laughs> that for sure. They're they're in the conversation. They're not dead. Uh, as far as the division title, 
eh, they're on the yeah. outside looking in for yeah. sure. But with with the NFC having seven playoff teams yep. this year, um, you know the Niners are, are in the conversation. They're keeping themselves alive, and with all the injuries and all the adversity that this team has faced early on in the season, that's all you can ask for. I mean, if they would have lost that game and fell to two and four, we could start talking about the draft. We could have our draft preview pod right now instead. <laughs> so uh, they're in the conversation, and it's going to make things interesting, you know, going forward here throughout this really tough stretch. Yeah, it's going to be one hell of a wild card race, I tell you that much. I mean, you're going to have the Bears in the conversation, the Saints or the Bucks. whoever doesn't win that division will be in the conversation. And then, you know, the Rams, Cardinals and Niners all could be in the conversation and it's going to be it's going to be a really interesting one to see how it goes. The Niners next week will take on the New England Patriots. We're going to get you a full preview pod on that game, but Patriots losing to the Denver Broncos um yesterday initial thoughts on that game how confident are you or is this one that still kind of worries you a little bit well the Patriots are a beatable football team Mm -hmm. you you see you saw them lose to the Denver Broncos on Sunday and uh they're they're a beatable football team I'm not afraid of the Patriots this is not Tom Brady's Patriots so uh but that that's not what I'm afraid of going into that matchup for me I'm worried about the whole the coronavirus scares they're, they've have, they're having the coronavirus kind of trickle through their team right now, and they've had to add a few guys to that COVID-19 list as of late. And I'm worried about, you know, will the game be played on time? Will the game be played at all at this point? Will the any 49ers come down with COVID-19? That's my biggest concern heading into that game. Yeah, that's definitely something to keep an eye on. I, I definitely, I thought the game against the Broncos might be at risk um, this weekend it, when it, it ended up going ahead. But with this whole, what seems to be quite a big thing is the incubation period where people are testing positive a fair bit later. It Who knows? Who knows if that game goes ahead? Definitely want to keep our eye on. Well, as we said, we'll get you a full preview pod, but anyone who's listened to this before will know I'm always worried about those mobile QBs against this Niners defense. So, there's a there's no, no guessing what we'll be talking about when it comes to that. Um, any final thoughts on the on on this game before we uh, before we sign off? Just a hell of a game um, against the Rams by Kyle Shanahan. He got back into his bag, uh, really ran the football, dedicated uh, the play calling to running the football. I mean, he fed Raheem Mostert a lot before he went out with injury. So big ups to Kyle Shanahan, Robert Sala, hell of a job. He he put his guys in position to make plays and really relied on those two uh, you know sticky corners out there, Emmanuel Mosley and Jason Verrett. So good job by Robert Sala. And just one more quick thing: mm-hmm. I am sick and tired of the Kyle Shanahan and Sean McVay McVay uh, debate. You see it every week, and you see it especially when they play each other. Uh, Sean, Sean McVay tries his best to imitate Kyle Shanahan. It's it's really funny to watch. I mean, at, at this point, I wouldn't be surprised if you see Sean McVay starting to wear that black 49er hat that, that Kyle Shanahan had on last night because he imitates Kyle Shanahan so much. You might as well wear the same hat. It, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me at all. Yeah, no, you definitely definitely see parallels in their uh, in their game, especially in what McVay tries to do. But that's going to wrap it up for this for this week's review podcast. Make sure you follow all the socials on Twitter and Instagram at 49ers Brawl and Facebook 49ers Brawl Podcast. You can follow myself on Twitter at JBB Football and you can follow JD at Hawk Hader TV. 
But that will do it for this week. We will be back at you later on in the week with a preview podcast. But for now, signing off for the 3-3 three and three San Francisco 49ers for JBB and JD signing out. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.